the most connected man in Washington. WSB's Jamie Dupree. He's on every day with Herman Cain. 1106 AM every day. Sponsored by Charter Communications on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. We are Saving the greatest country in the world is not a short-term proposition, folks. We can save this great nation, but it's going to take all of us. Why? Because we are America. Herman Cain. Herman Cain. Solutions for a better America. This is your host, Herman Cain. Thank you for joining us. Because we're going to tell you the truth. Give you the facts. We want you to be informed and inspired to help make this a better America. Breaking news. Breaking news. Every day with Herman Cain and the most connected man in Washington, Jamie Dupree. Welcome back, Jamie. Yeah, it's good to be back, Herman. When I landed last night at the airport, I looked over. At, at, you can always tell when the House or the Senate is in session because there is a light at the top of the Capitol dome that is lit up at nighttime yeah. to show you that one, one or both of the houses of Congress is in session. So I got back around 10 o'clock, and the Senate then worked till I guess it was about 3.15 this morning when they finally got done with this two-year budget agreement and sent it on to the president. So he will sign that. In the end, it was much like the vote in the House. It was, uh, I think, just about every single Democrat voted for it, and a majority of Republicans were against it in the Senate. I think it was it was one of those things, Herman, where the, the leadership let as many people vote against it as wanted to. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, they they yeah. had some extra votes that they probably could have squeezed some people if they really needed them. Uh, but, uh, uh, you know, it, it did afford the opportunity to Senator Cruz and Senator Paul and Senator Rubio, though he didn't speak on the floor. But Cruz and Paul came back from the trail and really blistered the agreement and, and spoke against it. But while they had talked about a filibuster, th- there was no filibuster. I think Rand Paul spoke for maybe 90 minutes total uh, in two different speeches or three different speeches. Ted Cruz spoke for about an hour and a half on his own. But uh, they what they did do was they forced the late night session. They wanted to vote on it yesterday afternoon, but Cruz and, and, and Paul refused to allow that. So it forced them to go after midnight, which, of course, sounds better when you're attacking it. You know, they did this in the dead of night. You know, they couldn't do it out there in the light of the day. So uh, that's done. It What it does more than anything else, I think, is it, it it ends, well, first off, it ends the chance of the default next week with the whole battle over the debt limit. That's sort of off the table now until after the next election. Whether you like that or not, that's just the facts. And then it's not that we've done away with the chance for a government shutdown, but by having the top line, and what I mean by that, how much money can be spent for discretionary, and we all now agree on that, that makes it a lot easier for the Congress to then fight over how to spend that money and makes it less likely that we would have a government shutdown either later this year or next year before the general election. But you indicated that the president is expected to sign it. When yeah, he put out a statement yeah. uh, early this morning and said he was pleased with the deal. So as soon as it gets down to him, whether it's today or, or in the next couple of days, yes, he will be ready to sign that into law. So John Boehner uh, was able to clear uh, clean out the barn, as he said, for Paul Ryan. In fact, as I walked over here this morning inside the Capitol, I detoured over to go by Ryan's or the Speaker's office. And the new sign's up there, Herman, Speaker of the House, Paul yep. D. Ryan. Yep, very good. So did the budget still have the $80 billion increase in it, 40 for 
defense and 40 for domestic? Yeah, over the next two years. It's not all at once. There would be okay. $50 billion that would uh, be in this year's budget to plus up the numbers and another $30 billion next year. Interestingly enough, it does not go as far as, it definitely does not go as far as Democrats wanted to in restoring all the cuts under sequestration that were made back in the 2011 deal. But as I've detailed for you, yes, it does bring it up, though I, I, I thought it was interesting. I went back and I looked at the 2011 budget plan that Paul Ryan had put together when back then when he was chairman of the budget committee and it's actually these numbers would be still less than he had proposed spending way back then for just four years ago four and a half years ago so in that sense uh it it means that over the last five years the discretionary budget has gone up about two and a half percent uh it actually it trended down and so this will be i think the first time that we've been above 2011 level. So it's been four years that it went down, and now it's come back up to where it used to be. So in that sense, uh, the Congress, and I think the Republicans do have to take credit, they have certainly turned what had been nonstop increases and really slowed those down over the last few years. That's a start, at least. I know that a lot of people don't think it's enough, and I get that. Uh, But then again, you're not running the whole show. If Mitt Romney had won the election in 2012, these budgets and the details in them would be a lot different. Right. Um, What about um, some of the things that you're still hearing about the debate? I understand that CNBC set a network record of 14 million people. Big deal. I mean. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, sort of. uh, There's good and bad for CNBC, right? Yeah. Yeah. I ran into a guy I know who works for them uh, last night on the plane home, and he was just shaking his head. He's like, don't talk to me about it. Don't talk to me about it. No uh, kidding. Look, I think that uh, what we got from that was, uh, obviously, that the number of viewers was not as big for CNBC's debate. They had 14 million, as you said, versus 23 and 24 million for the first two debates, which were on Fox and CNN. Uh, you know, clearly, as we discussed yesterday... Some of the uh, the ways that the CNBC moderators went about asking the questions, and I just keep going back to uh, two examples. One, I don't remember the crowd in any other debate I've ever covered heckling and shouting down the moderator, as happened at the end of, I think, the second segment when they were questioning Ben Carson. And then the, the just the opening question to Donald Trump of the comic book presidency. Yeah. You know, I, I'll say it again. If you're going to ask a question like that, and take an attitude like that, then don't be surprised when the guys up on the stage punch you back in the face. You know, I mean, let's get down to business. If you're going to show them a little disrespect and get cute with them, then don't be surprised when they come back at you. And and, and clearly, and I think that's a, it is a lesson for politicians and for would-be politicians. You don't have to put up with what you think is an unfair question. You just get right back in the face of the reporter that asked it. And CNBC, you know, I don't know what they were thinking, but uh, as I always say, every reporter asks something different. Now, yesterday, remember when I talked to you, Herman, I was outside that Ben Carson event. Right. And as soon as uh, we got off the air, I went inside and he, he had just started his news conference and it was sort of funny. He said, I know what you want to talk to me about. And so he got right into the debate and said he was tired of what he called gotcha questions. Of course, we can all have different definitions of what a gotcha question is. But he said that it's time for the Republican hopefuls to push back on the party leadership and either A, change the moderators and pick their own, or B, and or B, find different ways to alter the format. I'm not sure that what Carson wants to do would be universally accepted. He says he wants a lot more time. He thinks that basically we should say, okay, Mr. Carson, you want to do X on taxes. Talk about that. And then he could talk as long as he wants, and they just go down the line and do that with everybody. Well, 
you know, I'm not so sure the networks are going to do that because that sounds like more of an advertisement than anything else. But it, it's it's a reminder that everybody has a different idea of what the the best kind of format should be, how uh, you know w- what kind of time limits there should be. Carson said he does not personally like the 30 second response and the 60 second time uh, constraints because he feels like that he's just not able to get out what he wants to say in that amount of time. And as he said, he's not a Butinsky, so he doesn't try to then push his way in and get recognized for some extra time. See, I suspect that some of the campaigns are going to push back on that idea because then you're going to have someone, like you call it, they're going to be doing a commercial. Yeah. You can't just let them go as long as they want. No, no. They'll stand there and talk for five minutes and bore the crap bore out of everybody people. to tears. Yeah, put everybody to tears. You know, on the one hand, I do agree, but... I, so the RNC is the one who negotiates the format, but they don't yes. have anything to do with the questions. You are correct. Yeah. No, I would. Uh, I, I can't imagine that any no news organization would allow no. the party to say you've got to ask about X, Y, and Z. You know, and and look again. Everybody's view on what is a legitimate question is different. I don't think we'll ever solve that in terms of a debate. There's always going to be some kind of eyebrows raised about how a question is asked, how it's posed, you know, how it's brought up. So I don't think we'll ever get over that. But, you know, if you go back and listen, the last two debates, and as a radio guy, I'm not watching them as much as I'm listening and and, furiously typing and scribbling notes. And the one thing that I noted from this debate and from the last debate was every time a candidate would get done, then you would hear three or four people, you know, all trying to get the attention, you know, uh, John, 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 you know, of, of the moderator. Right. And, and, and it's, it's sort of it's it's jarring in terms of an audio feed. And it's jarring for TV, too, because, you know, it's clear on the wide shot that everybody's trying to get recognized and only one person can. I, I do think that part of the problem remains with the size of the field. I, I just still think that 10 is just it's just too unwieldy. And you would have a much look at the first pre-debate debate. I don't know if you watched any of it, Herman, but it, it did no. get into some pretty good stuff because you've only got four people. There. Right. And right. It's, it's much easier to say, OK. Senator Graham, you're next, you know, generally you'll be next after this. And it it makes for a a much better debate rather than, you know, you sit there and you watch this one and you think to yourself, geez, Mike Huckabee hasn't talked in 10 minutes or, geez, where's Trump? I haven't seen him at all. Because there's too many people and there's too many uh, opportunities to to stay away and have somebody else talk. I was surprised that they said that Fiorina actually had the greatest number of minutes in this particular one. I'm not, Herman, and I'll tell you why. It didn't feel that way. I can hear her voice in my ears, and she was, and this, and, and I don't want to, I've stopped because I've come close to using this term, so I'm not even going to say it, but she is, she tries the hardest of any of the candidates to insert herself in somebody else's question, and you can hear her saying the name of the moderator over and over again uh, to try to get involved. Hey, hats off to her. Because I don't think she had as many uh, questions asked directly of her. She was able to figure out that if she could somehow get recognized, then she could get into that debate. Well, minutes-wise, I was like I said, she ended up in in, in first place relative to that. I I think that there needs to be some changes, but I don't know just simply saying that everybody gets a chance to just talk, talk, talk. No, I don't think that's going to work. No, that would be boring. No, that would be boring. You and I know that will be boring. I mean, look, you've got to have, I don't, and again, I don't think there's any perfect answer here because again, I could sit down and come up with, okay, I want to ask about this or that. And you might look at me and go, are you kidding? That's, that's, that's boring stuff. You know, you should ask about this. And, and everybody looks at 
the questions that would be asked in a different way. You and I both know if we fast forward in a year from now, people will be up in arms. Well, you didn't ask Hillary Clinton a tough question. You asked the Republican the nasty one. You know, I can that's everybody has their own perception of how it comes out. And so I think it's extraordinary, extraordinarily difficult then to come up with a quote unquote fair system. But obviously, what the CNBC moderators did in some, not all the questions, in some of them, I mean, we did have some good policy debates on some things the other night, but obviously they were overshadowed, overshadowed by some yeah, of the yeah, questions by the moderators. that were asked. No, Normally, after these debates, we're talking about who got how much time rather than the all of the attention being on the moderators. And like well, you indicated. I think if you go back this yeah. year, remember, Megyn Kelly got a lot the first time. But realistically, I didn't, didn't think she asked a really bad question. Just Trump took exception to it and then yeah. kept after her for days. But really, I think so far we've done pretty well. The CNN people, they had very little blowback. The Fox people, very little blowback. But this one, yeah, yeah this was different. It was very different. Well, thanks a lot, Jamie. See you, Herman.